0: Hello everyone, er, everyone, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another, another episode of the Victorious Ones Podcast, presented by Unpo- Unpopular Review. This place where gaming meets comics, meets sports, meets movies, meets inspiration. And of course, I go by the name of King Von Junior. Jr. You can follow me on social media on Twitter at three hundred one King Von Junior. Of course, you, you can also follow the show's Twitter page at victorypod One. I'm on Instagram at Mister King Von Junior. You Junior, you can also follow the show's. Instagram account at, Vic, at Victoria's Ones podcast I'm a, I'm a social Media producer producer for the unpopular Review wrestling show perfect plex talk Radio part of unpopular review And of course this time I'm going to um, Of course there's going to be a very special um, Episode dedicated To NBA legend None other than the, the dream himself Hakeem Olajuwon all right ladies and gentlemen welcome to another edition of the victorious ones podcast of course i go by the name by the name uh, of king von jr and of, co- and of course for those um they're, they're watching by way of by way of youtube you can go youtube.com forward slash von resper jr and so of course you know for, for those that that are watching on youtube you can follow um you see you know you can follow the uh, the tags that are you know they're they're going they're going to, at the bottom of the screen so um but yeah you know of, of course um today you know of, of course as, as of today um you know, at least you know um, at, at least going to, going to this weekend um you know you know first, of, first and foremost you know I have a shirt that's representing uh the greatest of all time Muhammad Ali you know for his uh, 81st birthday have a happy belated to him rest in peace um but uh, you know but also um you also want to send my prayers and condolences to uh to the family of Jay Briscoe. Um, you know, such a tragic and, and devastating loss right now. Um, you know what I mean? So, so, um, you know, and of course, just hashtag them boys, the boys forever. Um, you know, like I said, you know, like my prayers to condolences this is go out to him, uh, his family, his wife, his children, um, his fans. And so the wrestling community has felt a major, major devastating loss right now. Um, you know, that that's, you know, like I said, I mean, it, it just goes to show that, that, um, you know tomorrow is never guaranteed to anybody you know so that's why i want. just wanted to uh share that as well and, and, and of, of course recently um this past monday was mlk day you know i mean so and of course and of course um you know of course i celebrated that um a perfect plex talk radio so by the way uh victorious Once podcast um is pre- is presented by upr network unpopular unpopular review uh, Network so affili- affiliated with Perfect Flex Talk Radio, unpopular review. So, you know, so, so you know, so for those that like to, you know, uh, like like to see other reviews as far as inter- entertainment and everything like that, um, wrestling, what have you, uh, unpopular review is right there for you as well. But, um, you know, but you know, but, but of course, you know, without further ado, um, you know, of course, want to get, you know, if anything, if anything, I, if anything, I will, excuse me, slow down. Um, I want to get into the main topic of, of why I want to talk of of what this episode is about um so this weekend is going to be a, a milestone birthday if you will so you know so for those that have um that have been watching or you know or, or at least listen to, to my show uh, you know, to my podcast for quite some time you and you would see a certain pattern or a certain trend is that i like to do uh spotlight episodes you know whenever somebody has has a birthday or any type of Major career celebration, whatever you know, um you know, like I said, you know, like like I said, you know, that's been pretty much that's been a trend from you know from uh, from like day w- from day one. Whether I was celebrating Romans, excuse me, uh, you, say, you know, uh, celebrating Roman uh, becoming the longest reigning a Universal Champion, um you know, like I said, you know, whether I was celebrating uh, Undertaker's birthday, Bret Hart's birthday, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, whatever, you know, The Rock, you know what I mean, or you know, even certain milestones for like john cena's 20-year milestone randy orton whatever you know that's been a trend and that and that's something that uh i plan on continuing to do so um you know like i said uh, um this saturday january 20, 21st is going to be a milestone birthday for uh an nba legend someone who uh oftentimes um gets sort of overlooked um you know like doesn't really get featured as much in my estimation but his legacy is up there with the greatest to ever do it um and, and this guy was certainly a a dream if you will to watch pun intended, you know see what I did there so um you know so of course you're gonna find out um in a minute you know like you know uh, without further ado and this man has um has you know like I said was was absolute uh nightmare. You know, hence the uh, uh, you know, hence the title of the episode, "Dreams and Nightmares." And I'm not talking about Meek Mill, <laughs> you know, but um, but this guy was it's really a dream to watch and a nightmare for his opponents. You know, like I say, you know, be, you know, because of his incredible size, athleticism, the w- the way that he was blessed with, you know, with amazing uh, footwork and coordination. Because of the t- you know, because because of the time that he spent um, playing soccer and handball, you know, uh, you know, uh, of course, um. Uh, before, before he ever picked up a basketball, and so even though uh, he picked up the you know picked uh, picked up the game of basketball a little bit later, but this but the way he adjusted was absolutely remarkable, and I firmly believe that, um, you know, uh, if he were playing in today's time, he would dominate even more, you know. And this guy was very influential in so many different ways, and so um, you know, like like I, like I said, you know, he's he's people talk about. One in a million. This guy is more like one in a hundred million. So, anyway, like I said, I've already got, gotten all the puns out the way. None other than the dream himself, Hakeem Olajuwon. So, um, like I, like I said, you know, th- th- this guy is, you know, someone who for me is certainly worthy of, um, you know, of highlighting, of covering in honor of Wakasir Milestone Birthday anytime you turn 60. That's a huge blessing. Um, you know, so, so, you know, so so of course, without further ado, um, Hakim Olaju- Hakeem Olajuwon, of course, was born on January twenty first, nineteen sixty three, in Lagos, Nigeria. So, um, growing up, as I said before, um, Hakeem, his you know his, his first sports were soccer and handball, and those came in handy because they helped with his footwork and um, you know and, and his hand-eye coordination um, when it was time to translate uh, to basketball. And you know, so so um, so I would say he, I think he picked up basketball by the time he was like fifteen, I want to say. Um, and so, uh, by the time he turned eighteen, um, eventually it was it was time for him to um, uh, to move to America. And um, you know, say so in fact, uh, in fact, I think you know, I think um, you know, um, yeah, let me start, sorry, slow down. Um, so you know, so so, so that so at the time, um. You know at you know as, as he tr- transitioned um you know from soccer and everything to basketball just because of the growth spurt that he had you know um and so you know it's and, and, and the, you know, the thing is you know the thing about it is, is thing about that you know like i said we saw because because of that growth spurt um eventually that caught the attention uh of guy lewis who at the time was the coach for the university of houston and so um you know so it just you know, like i said it was just destiny for you know for, for a team to you know to you know to, to, to um you know like i say you know uh, let me start on, um uh you know to to, uh, to eventually um go to houston and so when elijah went to houston that's where he that's where he played at the university of houston aka fire Slam And the reason why they were called that was because um it was a team full of doctors um you know say so it was it was him clyde drexler and uh several others and they were known for the high flying um, dunks and you know just intensity uh, like just very very um you know a very electrifying sort of team if you will um and so uh during, and so of course um during his time in houston uh hakeem led uh, led the houston cougars to the to the ncaa finals twice um in 1983 where they lost to north carolina state and then um, you know, of course, right after that, Clyde Drexler um, went to the NBA and, you know, in the 1983 draft. And then uh, um, he led them back, you know, then, um, then of course, Hakeem, uh led them back to the finals. Excuse me, I mean, uh, excuse me. I led them back to the to the NCAA, um, you know, like I said, NCAA uh, finals in 1984. This time they lost to, you know, th- this time they lost to the Georgetown Hoyas coached by John Thompson and led by Patrick Ewing. So Hakeem and Patrick's rivalry started in college, you know. So um, in college, Ewing got the W. But uh, right after that, um, Olajuwon announced that he would turn pro and join the NBA. And so, um, you know, and, 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 and the thing about it was that um, I think there was a story where, you know, where I guess, like, um, where, where initially um, there was, you know, there was the talks of him, you know, I guess, like, you know, possibly, um uh I guess like uh being drafted by the Knicks or something like that but um you know there's a funny story story was you know it was I guess like like was um was like one day um Hakeem like went to New York and he was like you know what uh this is too cold for me and so you know so whatever I'm not saying that that completely played into this decision um <laughs> you know for him to go to the Rockets but you know, I you know, I, I I think it was like a trial or something and and, and so um or or I guess or whatever whatever the case was or scouting or whatever. Um and so you know so I guess you know, I guess um, you know, I guess he like the story was, you know, it was like um I guess like uh, uh he um he didn't show up uh, didn't show up to New York, you know, just because just because of how cold it was or whatever. But you know, but long story short, um it was meant for him to stay in Houston. So Lajuan goes from playing his college basketball in Houston to be you know to, to play in his pro basketball in Houston most of his professional career in Houston as he was drafted by the rockets in the night in the iconic legendary 1984 nba draft so um you know so, so of course he was drafted of course the keen was drafted first um first overall by his adopt, adopted um hometown of Houston the Houston rockets that is so you, you know so, you know so like you know so like i said um you go from playing your college basketball in houston after you um first land in america and now you're playing your professional career in houston and so and and, th- and the thing about it was also um let me backtrack a little bit um during his time uh in college elijah was uh, was actually trained by uh reigning back-to-back mvp at the time Moses malone you know so um, Hakeem learned a lot of his uh, a lot of physicality, uh, physicality, and um, low post game. And, you know, at, at least you know just, just knowing how to be more effective and, and things like that, and just knowing how to um, take the pounding and you know the, the physicality of the professional game. You know, he learned from one of the best to ever do it, and, and a guy who was a top tier superstar at that time. So, um, who better to have? as a mentor than somebody like moses you know and so um so so, and and because of that um it helped the king's game uh grow it helped him grow it faster and like adjust even faster to the game of the nba um and so like i said um uh he was drafted he was drafted first overall overall in 1984 in an absolutely stellar stack transcendent um draft that that featured the likes of um, a certain, um, a certain young man, six foot six, out of North Carolina, you might have heard of him, uh, named Michael Jeffrey Jordan, uh, Jordan, you know. Uh, and of course, I look forward to you know doing an episode um, about um, about him uh, later down the line. Like I said, you know, the draft featured Jordan, Charles Barkley, John Stockton, um, and many others. You know, and so um, you know, and of course, the punchline was that Sam, Bu- Sam Bowie, um, you know, was drafted second overall between Hakeem and Michael, you know um but now, okay, now obviously, you know in hindsight, the Sam Bowie thing was ridiculous, but as far as Elijah, you know uh, there was no issue with uh, with the rockets um drafting him first overall because at that time, um with the way that the game was set up in order for you to in order, for you to win a championship or have or to have the best chances of winning a championship, you need a center, um, you need a big man, you know, you know, someone who uh was you know was a low post presence, somebody who was um you know who's a rim protector, um, effective scorer, all the things that you needed, you know. Um it like I say, great interior defense, um, you know, you know, someone who you know was pretty solid um offensively things like that, you know, all other things, all the all the things that you needed Uh, in an effective big man. And Olajuwon checked off all those boxes, you know. So, um, you know, so, so of course, um, as a rookie, he makes his first out of 12 All-Star Game appearances. Um, You know, so, you know, so, so, so of course, um, uh, he makes the, so so not only that, um, he makes the all-rookie first team, along with Jordan, who goes on to become the rookie, rookie of the year. So anyway, um, after after that rookie season, Hakeem has his first taste of the NBA Finals in 1986 as the Houston Rockets, um, you know, actually, you know, led by Hakeem Olajuwon at the time, Hakeem Olajuwon, you know, before you put the H to his, uh, before they um, before added add the, uh, the H to his name, um, Akeem Olajuwon who was teamed up with Ralph Sampson, who was the first overall pick the year before in 1983. So together they formed the Twin Towers and um there was a lot of expectation um you know i say a lot of promise when it came when it came to this team and the reason why i say that is because in 1986 they pulled off one of the ultimate upsets in nba history as um as they bounced out the showtime lakers in the western conference finals in like five games you know um you know i've and like i say and, and, like I say, and, and, and the thing is th- and the thing is these were the defending champion lakers who finally defeated Uh, the boss, you know, like I said, he finally defeated defeated Larry Bird and the Boston Celtics, um, the year before 1985. You know, and so, like I said, you know, like I said, this same Lakers team led by Magic Kareem and Worthy, all you know, all stars and things, everything like that. Um, you know, powerhouse team, and this Rockets team found a way to beat them, you know. Um, so I wouldn't say that Olajuwon was. Quite in his prime yet um or at least let me put it this way at least he was he was uh close enough to it you know and so um so uh you know like like I said, you know, like like i said you know as far as that um let me slow down <laughs> you know um you know if, 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 of course um in 85 like seen you know, let me start like i said you know 85 it makes the first all-star game um, in 86 uh makes like you know some in 1986 um he makes his first finals appearance um and you know but the same you know but the thing is unfortunate you know but the thing is unfortunately for the Rockets you know they were just weighing over the head you know I would mean, waiting over the head because they ran into you know the world beating 1986 Boston Celtics team which you could argue as possibly boston's greatest single season team of all time and that says a lot considering the fact that they had you know bill russell bill russell an eleven time uh, nba champion but but it's just something about the 86 celtics team they were a juggernaut they were powerhouse and the Rockets were just weighing in way in over their head um uh when it came to that um you know so, so you know so of course you know so of course after that uh that particular rockets team um hadn't fully recovered and so because you know, and, and and the thing about it was that, you know, it's, it's like it's like, you know, it's, it's like you know, it's it's like certain teams have like this really bad sort of hangover, you know, after after um after losing, um in it after um after losing in a, in a championship, and so the Houston Rockets went through a hangover, you know, um, and what I mean by that was that they were plagued. By um, you know, I so, you know what I mean. What I mean by that um, was that was that they were plagued by injuries. Uh, first and foremost, with Rob Sampson, who started to develop uh, knee problems that would eventually um, end. Inter- that would eventually cut his career short. And you know, and, and, and so like uh, so during the well, you know, and, and so um, during the uh, 87, eighty seven eighty eighty eight season, he was traded to the Golden State Warriors. And so, um, you know, so so of course, fast forward. By the time we get to the 1988, 89 season, Lajuan um, is the undisputed leader for the, you know, for the very first time, without having to share any other extra responsibilities um, with Samson. You know, but but I mean, but 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 generally speaking, like I think I think a lot of people um, knew that Hakeem, you know, like there was just something special about him. just a certain if factor that separated him even from Samson himself. So. There was no question at all there was no denying that large you know was was the undisputed unquestioned leader bona fide leader of that team and um and it's and it's, it's just that um there were like i say, you know, it, it felt like it was just like so much of a roller coaster ride uh going on going on with the, going on uh with the houston rockets at the time um so they you know so, so you know so, so of, course, of course they of course eventually um eventually made, made a coach, tr- coaching transition as well um uh when they uh, they made a co- they made excuse me, me so now um they also made a coach, tr- coaching transition when um, when they had uh, Don Chaney and so during this time the rockets were going through sort of like a roller coaster ride if you will you know like they, they were just like pretty much like you know sort, sort of like just in the middle not really uh hitting that ceiling um, and the reason why the reason why we, was just that um, Hakeem was was just played with so much of a subpar supporting cast, and, and and the things he and the things that this guy carried that city on his shoulders on his back It's just that. Um, it's tough when you have a supporting cast where you know was just like um, I don't want to sound deme- demeaning, but. Uh, you know, you know what I mean? But it's, it's just like carrying like really heavy luggage, you know, um, that's pretty much, uh, what those rockets teams were. And Hakeem did, you know, like I said you know, he, he did the very best he could with what he, with what he was given. And from that rockets for an office at the time, he really wasn't given much, um, but he still made the most out of what he was given um he still found ways to make lemonade out of lemons. and what i'm and and, and the thing about it is, and, and, and of course um uh let me sign up um what i mean by that is that you know um even you know if, me, you know and, and thing about it what i i mean why what, I mean, what i mean by that is that um you know it was was, um, was that in the, you know, it was was that was that during during the 88-89 season he finished he finished as a league leader in rebounds with 13.5 uh rebounds per game by a full rebound over 76 or superstar uh the round bound, round amount of rebound charles barkley and he also and the thing is that season he also averaged 24.8 uh points per game and during this time, he was, you know, he was, he was even posting up uh, great playoff numbers of like thirty-seven point five points per game, and sixteen point eight rebounds per game as well. Um, but still, regardless, um, the Rockets were still still eliminated by the Seattle SuperSonics three games to one. You know, and so the funny thing, thing, funny thing about about Houston was that it felt like the Sonics were sort of like the kryptonite. You know, consistently uh throughout this time with the exception of the championship years and so um you know and, 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 if, and of course like i said not, of course of course of course you know of course you know of course um you know of course, uh, you know, of course uh, um during that during that uh, the 88-89 season like i said you know like i said it was one of those seasons where Lajuan um did the best they could but then um by the time we get to the following season the 89-90 80, season you know was yet another disappointment Disappointment by the Rockets um, as they finished the season at 500, you know, um, but even but but the thing is, even in the midst, even even in the midst of that disappointment and, you know, and in, 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 in just in this era, this was an era of, um, you know, like I said, of, you know, of just regular uh, playoff failures, you know, like, um, er, like uh, early uh, playoff exits and things like that. Hakeem still, once again, uh, made lemonade out of lemons as he led the league in reba- rebounding um with 14 rebounds per game and led the league in blocks with 4.6 rebounds per game. I believe that, that was a, a career high as well, you know. Um and, and, and of course um that was uh you know if, if, in fact if, in fact that's in fact that's that was a season where he um where, where he actually averaged a quadruple double. So he became at that time the third of you know on uh, um, the of course uh, excuse me. Um, at that t- at that time, he became the third player in NBA history to record a record a quadruple double, and so I think there's like four NBA history. So David Robinson eventually became the fourth to do that four years later, um, in 1994. Um, you know what I mean? So, so you know, but like you know, like I said, but, you know, but this, at the same time, e- even though he was putting you know, putting up historical numbers, um, creating an all time great case, and resume, and things like that, um, he didn't have enough to show for it when it came to uh, the team's standpoint, you know, you know, I mean, it's, 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 so of course um, in the 1990, 91 season, the Rockets finished with the record of 50 uh, with the record of 52 and 30 with Don Chaney winning the coach of the year award. But that wasn't exactly uh, one of the team's more uh, productive seasons. And this is during the prime of his career, you know, so when you look at, um, his prime numbers you know what I mean so you know like those you know the, the um, those early heyday years this was among one of his lowest uh production years really since his rookie season and um that season he only averaged 21.8 points per game but he suffered an eye injury you know you um, of and of, and of, and of course this injury was was caused by um it, it was caused by elbow to the eye socket from Chicago Bulls center bill Cartwright you know and so um you know so, so, as, so as a result Olajuwon, that season only played like fifty six games you know um but you know but and, but the thing about it is that, but the thing about it is that because he missed so many games um he missed out on the chance of one of leading the league and rebounding for a third year in a row, you know, it's, and, and, you know, if, if, you know, I mean, you know, I'm sorry, I'm slow, I'm sorry. Um, and the, and the thing about it is, is, is that he also averaged a league leaning 3.3 point uh, nine blocks per game, but that still wasn't enough because of, because of the fact that because of the fact that the Rockets ended up getting swept by the Lakers in the playoffs, you know, um, Now, the uh, the 91-92 season really, really hit a low point for Olajuwon because of the fact that the Rockets um, only finished the season 42-40. and But the big problem was the fact that they missed the playoffs for the very first time in his career, you know. Um, And it's just like this season, you know, the thing about it was that, you know, these back-to-back seasons um, from the – 1990, 90, 91 to ninety one ninety two. you know, it, it was just like, this was a time where it's like when it rained, it poured, you know? Um, and so, so, so what happened was, um, you know, it was what happened was during the season, um, Hakeem missed like the, you know, um, the, 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 just gonna, so what happened was, uh, it was, what happened was during this, during the season, Hakeem missed um, two weeks early, um, early in that season because, uh, he had an irregular heartbeat, you know, uh, you know, as they call it, accelerate heartbeat, whatever, um, you know, it's, it's like the thing is his heart was, was beating at, um, at an irregular pace. So despite um, his typical numbers, he still made the all-star team that year, but it's just that he still couldn't pull his team out of, you know, just, you know, I, he still couldn't, he still still couldn't pu- pull his team, Um I have that meat have that uh, mediocrity level, if you will, you know? And so not only that, um, like it's, it's just like I said, you know, the thing is, um, not only did his team miss, miss the playoffs, not only was he having uh, health problems, but he also, um, clashed with the front office to the point that after the season, he even requested a trade, you know, um, in large part because of a bad contract, and 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 and, 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 now, and and the thing is, you know, and the thing is, the reason why his contract was so bad was because his salary was actually, by league standards, was considerably low for someone who's a top center, you know, for someone who's, you know, a top tier player of his caliber, you know, um, and, and, and so it's just like, you know, like and the, and the thing about it was that um, this contract situation was atrocious you know and so this, you know like i said that this was a time where um elijah and the rockets front office came to blows you know so you know like you know what i mean and and, and, so, and and the thing about it was that you know it was, it was not, not not only not only was he um angry and frustrated about his pay but also because of the fact that, that the same front office um you know they, they you know the same the same front office did not put did not put um put it did not put in a great enough effort to surround him with the best quality best quality talent you know um so and the thing thing about it was that you know the thing the thing what the thing about it was that was that he was that his concern was that he felt like the rockets um were more concerned with their business bottom line where whatever, whatever the case may be rather than actually going out of their way to put him in the best position position to possibly win. You know? And so and and, and and I'm going fast forward. I think that's the reason why um those uh those championships that he won carried so much weight because of what he had to go through previously. You know, um because you know because because of the fact that you know because of the fact that he was uh given leftovers and things like that and it's funny how we talk so much about about lebron's uh lack of help lack of um you know like i said lack of a supporting cast. cast um, we talk about Dirk Nowitzki's lack of lack of a supporting cast uh during uh, dur- um uh, uh during that 2011 championship run but olajuan was i mean you want to talk about somebody that was just dealt i mean a really bad hand you know, and, and and the thing about it was it was so bad that, that it just it, it's like, you know, that there was really it's frustrating when you're in a situation that starts to like pull you out of character, if you will. Um and and, and, and I'll say like this. And the thing about it is that you know, like overall, um when you you know, and the thing is when we, we like um when, when other players and you know and and you know and and like writers and stuff like that talk about a large one, um, they, they, they talk about, they, they talk, they talk about him, um, you know, so, you know being a model figure, you know, I mean? ha, you know, having a, uh, you know, like I said, having a great, great reputation things like that. But there was a point in time where, uh, he did, butt heads with management and for good reason, because they were not giving him, uh, the best pieces to put him, to put him in the best position to succeed. You know, and um, I know if I were in a situation like that, I'd feel the same way. You know, and 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 now, and what made and what made things even worse was that management even accused him of faking a hamstring injury. You know, because of how unhappy he was over his contract situation, and um, he's going on to obviously deny it. You know, and so it's just like, why would, you know, and the thing is, why would he fake an injury? You know, if, if anything, he's one of the last players I would ever expect to fake anything. The bottom line was, um, he was frustrated, you know, and so, um, you know, of if, 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 if course, um, there was a time where it seemed like the difference was seemed, you know, it seemed like, the differences between him and the organization uh would be looked at as irreconcilable if you will um you know so and so, so the thing is the war with him in the front office was nasty it was brutal so um but eventually um things changed you know um hakeem uh made certain you know so you know sort of like a life changes if you will um you know I me mean? so, and and i and, and, um, and eventually you know eventually um recommitted himself to his faith. And so, um, you know, so, so, you know, so of course, um, afterwards, eventually, uh, he made things up uh, with, uh, you know, uh, he made things up with, you know, with, uh, you know uh, with, with the Rockets uh, front office, you know, so, you know, so, so of course, you know, so, so, um, so of course, um, in spite of all that, eventually, uh, he was not traded, you know, but instead the Rockets, uh, you know, but instead the Rockets got a new, a new head coach. Rudy Tomjanovich, you know, and that was a major, you know, like I said, uh, like I said, if anything, that was a major blessing um, for Akeem's career because of the fact that, uh, you know, because of, because of the fact that, because of the fact that, uh, that Rudy, Tom, that Rudy, Rudy Tomjanovich, Rudy T, um, you know, knew all about the Rockets front office, you know, or rather, rather, rather I should say, he knew all, knew all about the Rockets franchise because he started off as a player. And he was other positions um, like scout and stuff like that. So, for the Rockets to make a coaching change, um, fire Don Chaney in place of Rudy Tomjanovich, that was something that that excuse me um, that, that the team absolutely needed, you know. And and, and that and that is eventually um, what helped them, what helped take them and propel them to the next level, you know. And like, like 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 and the thing about it is like like i said because of the fact that Rudy t because of the fact that Rudy t knew um that that franchise like the front and back of his hand that helped even more and in the process um it also helped uh hakeem's passing you know and so um so, you know so, so of course so of course rudy t's um first season with the rockets was during, was during the the nights 92 93 season and what and of course what i'm getting what i'm getting ready to get at is that um you know is that Lowan's uh passing improved because he averaged a career high 3.5 assists per game so under tom Janovich, there was a greater willingness to you know like I said there, there was a greater you know like I said there was a greater willingness um for him to pass the ball Instead of scoring, you know, and so Rudy T found a way to get to um, to get Elijah to buy into his vision, and that's the mark of a, of a great coach. When you're w- when you're able to get your franchise player to buy into your vision to improve the team, case in point, for example, Phil Jackson, the way that he was able to get Jordan. To buy into the vision of the triangle offense, you know, and, and think and the thing about that was, was I guess I'll say like this, you know, the, the like the the most significant thing about that triangle offense was that it got the rest of the team involved. So um everybody got the ball, but eventually, you know, you know, you know, but eventually at the end of the day, um Jordan was still gonna be the deciding factor in the whole rotation. And I'll say, it's, I'll say I'll say that there was something pretty similar uh when it came to the Houston Rockets. So Rudy T um enforced more passing, you know. So you know and, 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 and the thing about it was that was that because of that, um, it made it more difficult for um you know it made it more more difficult for other teams to double and triple triple team. So eventually, so, so the thing is, in the end, it worked out both for him and for his teammates, you know, because, you know, because of the fact that because of the fact that made made it tougher, um, as I said before, for the opposing teams to double and triple team them the same way that the triangle offense made it difficult for defenses to double and triple team, triple team Jordan, you know, because other players were getting involved. Same in Houston, you know. So, um, you know, and, 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 and of course, I'm uh, moving moving on. I'm not going to belabor this point any longer. Um, so this new 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 coaching change paid off in multiple ways. Not only did Hakeem's um, passing improve, but he also set a new career career high at that time with 26.1 points per game. And the Rockets also set um, a new franchise record with 55 wins, advanced to the second round of the playoffs. Um, you know, and they push their uh playoff rival Seattle Supersonics to a seventh game before eventually losing overtime. But this was, I would say, Hakeem's first really sort of flagship uh season because during this, you know, because of the fact that that during this 1992 93 season, um, uh, his production was this 26.1 points per game, 13 rebounds per game, 3.5 assists per game 4.2 blocks per game and he was like I said, you know i'm sorry i'm sorry um like i said 26.1 points per game 13 rebounds per game uh 3.5 assists per game 4.2 blocks per game um, he also finished second in the in the mvp race to charles barkley with 22 votes to Barkley's 59 and um elijah was also re- also rewarded with his first of back-to-back Defensive Player of the Year Defensive Player of the Year awards, and so, um, you know, fast forward. By the time we get, you know, like I said, you know, uh, like I said, uh, fast forward. Um, the Chicago Bulls have won their third straight championship. Uh, Michael Jordan uh, goes off to play baseball. So by this by this point, the floor is wide open. The door is wide open for any and everybody. Um, you know, to to, to claim, uh, to claim the throne, that's been vacated. You know, um, it's pretty much, whosoever will. You know what I mean? Um, so at this point, it was whosoever will step up to the plate, and take their rightful place on the throne um, during Jordan's absence. So during this time, Elijah uh, gained a great reputation as a clutch performer. Uh, you know, it's also one of the top centers in the history of the NBA, you know, um, and, and I'll say like this during this 93, 94, you know, like I said, during this, during this phase, uh, while Jordan was out, um, Wong, uh became more of a transcendent player and elevated his, elevated his game and his legacy and his status as one of the top centers, uh, uh, like, I said, you know, as, as one of the top centers, top centers um, in the history of the NBA. So, you um, with the, you know and if, you know of course um uh, with you know so of course um with that being said during that 93-94 season um Olajuwon had like i said, his biggest flagship career defining season um you know because of the fact that he became the very first player in nba history to win, um you know to to win a championship finals mvp league mvp and defensive player of the year all in the same season so you, know, so you know so of course um for that season he averaged 27.3 points per game 11.9 rebounds per game 3.6 assists per game and 3.7 blocks per game and you know and of course all all while at the same time uh you know all, all while at the same time propelling the houston rockets to to their greatest heights in franchise history you know so um his game um, a, like so his game excited excited so many fans. Um, it influenced, future, you know, it influenced future generations. Um, it uh, raised the morale of you know of of um, not only of the organization but the city of Houston itself. You know, so it, and, and the thing is, he was turning their reputation around because they were they had a re- nickname uh, at the time called Choke City because they were known for choking. Uh, in the playoffs, you know, in big games where it mattered, so um, he's turned the tide, changing, changing, changing the changing the narrative um, of the you know, changing the narrative of the franchise of the city from from being uh, choke city to clutch city, you know, um, you know what I mean? And, it's, 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 and so, I mean, his. His numbers were absolutely, were just absolutely, were just absolutely transcendent, you know. And, and it's, it's just like the run that he was on at, that he was on during this time was unlike any other outside of the likes of Jordan, Shaq, you know, uh, LeBron, Magic, whoever else you want to name, you know, um, Olajuwon's pinnacle. You know, so in, in, you know, like d- during these championship years, w- like so it was absolutely incredible. So, and, and the thing is, he he went through the best of the best that uh, that um, that the league had to offer. You know, um, he like I said, you know, the fact that he outplayed the likes of Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson, Shaq, Matumbo, you name it. Um, I mean, he was stacking up wins after wins after wins, W's after W's after W's, you know, um, and, 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 and of course, you um, During that '93-'94 season, he officially reached the mountaintop as the Houston Rockets defeated the New the New York Knicks in a grueling seven-game series um, in the NBA Finals. And so, um, let me start over. You know, like, 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 you know, and so, um, so so I would say that this was um, his revenge season. And what I mean by that, that that this was his like what I mean by that what I mean by that was the fact was the fact that he was that he was getting his revenge um, on Patrick Ewing because of what happened ten years earlier in the NCAA championship. So, like, so you know that this was this was his cla- this was his, his clap back um, against Ewing. And so, um, you know, so, so of course, um, in the finals, he like and of course, and of course, um, in, in the finals in their head to head matchups and head to head matchup, he absolutely dominated Ewing. Um, outscoring him in every game in this of the series from from game one to game seven. As Olajuwon averaged twenty six point nine points per game on fifty percent shooting, compared to Ewan's eighteen point nine points per game, points per game on thirty six point three percent shooting. So the gap just widened. You know, like I said, you know, like I mean, it was just absolutely unbelievable. You know, and, and and so the thing is, like I mean, I mean, let me start over. Um, Olajuwon was just. I mean just completely like just otherworldly you know what I mean um and, and so 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 of course as a result you know so, you know as a result of, of his amazing offense and defense you know and, and and just just him being a terrorizer if you will um he was named finals MVp for his performance you know and so um I'm sorry I want to let me see. See if I got something else. Um, you know. So, 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 so um, like I said. So, so, as far as that, um, a lot. You know, like I said, Elijah was was absolutely incredible. I mean, he could not. Like I said, he could not be denied. You know, I mean, I mean, there, there, there was there was no denying uh, how unstoppable um, he was during this run. You know, I would put this. I will, I'll put this run up against really anybody. You know, um, and this was him at his peak. This was him at the top of his game, you know, and like I said, in the Rockets, uh, and like I said, in the Rockets changed their reputation for being from being, uh, choke city to clutch city because he delivered in the clutch where it mattered the most. And the fact that, and, and, the, and the fact that he was able to do this without any all stars on that team, nobody made the, nobody except for him, uh, made, made the all star team, um, that season during that time, you know, uh, at that point there were no top 50, top 75 players, you know, you know what I mean? And and so that, that's, so that's why, um, this, uh, playoff run, you can make a case is probably being like, is arguably being, uh, the toughest playoff run of all time, other than Dirk Nowitzki's, uh, 2011 run uh, with the Mavericks. So, um, following season, the Rockets get off, um, to, uh, to, uh, um, to a Rocky start, you know, to the point where they finish the season, I want to say 47 35, but mid but at least by the midway point of the season, um, they pull the trigger and execute, uh, you know, so, you know, um, execute rather a rather surprise trade where they trade Otis Thorpe to the Portland Trailblazers for Clyde Drexler. So um so Clyde reunites with his former um University of Houston uh, you know with his form, with his, he reunites with his former um, Houston Cougar's teammate Elowan you know um because you know because of the fact that you know because, because Clyde knows that his window is closing fast you know um and things aren't getting any better in Portland so um Drexler um in a sense goes back home and is a very is a very effective um number 2 guy to a king. You know, Drux plays plays his role very very well, you know, and and, it's, and like I say, he was, he, was, he was a vital essential piece for that second uh, Rockets championship team. And so and so of course, um Houston doing what they do best um beat uh Stockton alone with the you know in um in, in, uh, in, in Utah um uh Barkley in Phoenix again, you know. You know, you know what I mean. So, it's, it's, so, you know, so of course, I think I think that was one. I think um, I think it was the series, the series of where they went, um, you know, like said, uh, where, where they came back from, like being down like three-one or something, and eventually beat, uh, eventually beat the Suns in seven games. You know, so uh, they go, it's, it's, you know, so, um, so of course, so of course, I'm sorry, um, so of course uh, they go go through Utah, they go through Phoenix, and so this is where, I mean, stuff really hits the fan, if you will. So. During the 1995, like I said, during the 1994-95 season, um, because of the fact that the, uh, that the Rockets have struggled, Olajuwon makes goes from making the All-NBA first team, being the MVP um, the season before, to this season, uh, making the All-NBA third team because Dave Robinson, Dave Robinson was the league MVP. Automatically, he was on the first team. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal um, of Orlando at the time made the All-NBA second team. You know um because he because that, because that season uh, he was a scoring champion you know and so um you know um i'm sorry so so of course fast forward by the time we get to western conference finals david stern um presents david robinson david robinson with with the league mvp award right at the beginning of that series with the rockets at the, at the very beginning of that series with Houston, Davis Stern presents the Admiral with the MVP in front of Elijah. And uh I guess you could say further insult to injury if you will, um, you know, I'm pretty sure you I'm pretty sure that um you know he probably wasn't thinking about it at the time. Um Robinson was uh thanking um and acknowledging um, all the other players that he played against except for Akeem he did not acknowledge Olajuwon um during his accept, acceptance speech. He acknowledged all his other competitors except for Akeem. You know, and so it was already bad enough. Um you know, it was already, it was already bad enough um that Dream had to witness uh Robinson, you know, Robinson um you know uh, be, be awarded the MVP in front of him when he knew, you know, as the whole world knew that Akeem was the absolute best player during that time period so to, to see somebody else um get the mvp in front of you and then and also uh, for your name not to be mentioned i mean you want to talk about waking up a sleeping giant you know i mean you know uh, you know uh, i mean th- i mean that that was enough to just ignite not only a flame but a complete inferno in olajuwon and he burnt robinson he, I mean, he burnt Dave Robinson. You know, I mean, in in just like in an unbelievable way, he just absolutely outplayed him, humiliated him, embarrassed him. I mean, you want to talk about getting packed up? Yeah, the um, king packed him up. You know, from game one through six, completely outplayed him, outscored him. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, on the defensive end as well. I mean, he. I mean, I'll say it like this. It was, it was almost like, I know I use this example a lot um, with the way that Hakeem school guys like Robinson and Ewing, it was almost re- reminiscent of the way that Brock Lesnar packed up John Cena at SummerSlam and the way that he packed up, uh, you know, SummerSlam in uh, 2014 when, when, uh, uh, with the way that Lesnar uh, packed up Cena um, at, at SummerSlam 20, uh, 2014 with what was I think it was like I think it was like 16 German suplexes and two F5s um, to win the championship and and, and then um, also then um, also also, also um, at SummerSlam 2016 with the way he with the way that he packed up Randy Orton, you know. Um, so with the way their large one schooled Jung and Robinson was reminiscent of those performances by Lesnar, you know. hard for me to think of it you know of any other um like you know like truly like dominant performances if you will you know outside of maybe like roman or something roman or something that you know that could come to mind but i'll just use an example of just the way that um i mean with the way that Hakeem just systematically picked apart his opponent or or rather let's just say hakeem excellently executed you know his opponents the same way that Bret Hart used to excellently execute his opponents, pick them apart, um, and then when the time was right, hit him with a sharpshooter, you know. Um, and so I guess Sakeem's sharpshooter's go-to move was a dream shake, you know, with the way that he was just uh shaking Dave Robinson, I mean, just out of his sneakers. Pump fakes, uh spin moves, head fakes, all these different things like type of stuff like that. I mean, like. It was night and day. I mean, and the thing about it was that uh, the MVP, the MVP award, was probably the best and worst thing uh, to happen to the Admiral. You know, because the fact that I mean that, that was, I mean the thing is, other than the championship, that MVP you know was um, is, is, is certainly like the, the biggest, uh, most important um, achievement on his re- on his resume. But at the same time. Um, one of the biggest things that a lot of people remember remember him for was the way that um he got schooled you know um so it, and and the and thing about it was that that mvp award provoked Olajuwon, much like how charles Barkley and carl malone's mvp awards provoked jordan so um you know so so, so if anything um, you know, if, if anything, if, if I say like, this, if, if anything, um, one of the things that I don't really hear p- people mention like that, I guess one of the things that, that's sort of overlooked that, that people don't, uh, probably don't even really recognize or, you know, or really talk about is that Jordan and Elijah one have more in common than a lot of people, you know, they, they, pro- they probably have more in common than a lot of people give them credit for, you know? um obviously you know obviously other, other than the fact that um they both came out of the 1984 draft you know um you know, and, 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 of co- and of course by far that they were the, the top two players to come out of that draft you know um they were the most dominant figures of the 90s you know and, and, and as far as that but but not only that but also um they had incredible killer instinct a one had incredible killer instinct that's what that's what separated him from a guy like david Robinson, from a guy like patrick ewing what you know was was that it's just like there was something in him that you know that it's, it's just like there was a certain switch that went off in him when he felt he was robbed of that mvp you know there's a certain switch that went off in him when his team's back was was against the wall, and um, you know, and they had a lower seed, and it was, and it's, it's just the way that he willed, um, that Rockets team to win with the way that he willed them to their greatest success, you know, and so, you know, so of course, after dispatching, um, Robinson, uh, carry you know, um, carries the Rockets to the finals, where they go up against. Um, you know a rising star a juggernaut in and of himself you know if, if anything uh became successor Shaquille O'Neal in the Orlando magic so um you know so, so of course so of course at that time Orlando uh was uh, of co- so of course at that at that time Orlando um, was the top was a was the top team in the eastern Conference you know and so Houston was a sixth seed you know and so I'm pretty sure that a lot of people, expected um, Orlando to make short work of Houston. But the thing about it was that the Rockets had experience. Orlando, even though they had youth, but they're very naive. They got very arrogant. They got full of themselves, party too hard. Shaq would even admit it today, you know, that Orlando, uh, you know, I said their ego just just got way, way too big, you know. Um, they got greedy. Uh they party too hard, you know. Um, and so and so because and so because of how naive they were, how inexperienced they were, um, you know, Houston took advantage of that. Olajuwon certainly took advantage of that. He took advantage of that, you know, of that mismatch. So um uh in that series, he outplayed Shaq you know, and and, 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 of course, um, so, you i know, so, uh, like I said, you know, the thing about it is that, so, um, in that, like I said, in that series, he outplayed Shaq. Um, he humbled him, you know, uh, he gave him a very strong, uh, he gave him a very strong less lesson. You know what I mean? And, and so it's just that, um, you know, it was that Shaq, you know, really had to learn the hard way, you know, and, and if anything, that was a wake up call for him, you know, if, if anything that, that, pretty sure that that, that that drove him to become an even better player. And in those le- and those lessons that he learned um, in that embarrassment in the finals, you know, Shaq applied, the, applied those principles, applied those lessons to become a much greater player with the Lakers. And, and of course, that translated <laughs> into um, what we saw later on. You know, like I so, said, you know, that, that – Excuse me. Uh, that series right there, along with, um, along with Orlando getting swept, swept the next year by the, by Chicago. You know, it's like Shaq took took the, took those losses, and if, if if anything, if anything, those those fueled him, and ignited a fire in him to become an even greater player, and, and to and to eventually become, you know, the legend that he that he would later become with the Lakers, and the legend that we know him as today. But I'll start with this experience right here, you know, and so. The fact that a lot, the fact that it came, um, one, you know, sorry, sorry, um, let me um, slow down, um, the fact, let me like, slow down, um, the fact, the fact that Olajuwon, um, did what he did and just like, so just, he just absolutely, um, dominated his competition. You know, if, if in fact, in fact, you know, in fact, you know what? Um, you know, I guess because I guess because I got so caught up in you know, in, in just in just that story about about um McKeen, uh, and Robinson. I I'm, meant I'm to and the, the thing about it is that of course, um, one of the things about, about about me is that um, I like to bring up stats. So, um, let me go back without with the, you know without further ado, as far as far um, as far, as far as the stats was that was that um, uh, in that Western Conference Finals. He averaged thirty five point three points per game on fifty six percent shooting, and Dave Robinson averaged twenty three points per game on forty five percent shooting. And he and the thing and the things he outscored Robinson eighty one to forty one in the final two games of that series. In the series clincher game, Olajuwon had thirty nine points, seventeen rebounds, and five blocks. You know, and um and and when asked later, and, and, and of course and the thing about it. And of course the thing about it was was that um, was um sorry, um later on david robertson was interviewed by life magazine and so um and so of course in the interview that they, they asked they asked him what a team could do to solve elijah on quote unquote and so uh so robertson was like a king you don't solve a king there's no way that you can solve him there's no way that you could that was the way of saying there's no way that you could truly fit truly truly figure him out And and, uh, and david Robinson himself um has even talked about uh, guarding. He like um, talked talked about talked about um, how he guarded Hakeem as best as he could, but it still wasn't enough. You know, um, so you're talking about a uh, fellow Hall of Fame center, former Defensive Player of the Year himself, playing the best defense that he possibly could, and it still was not enough. That just goes to show you how brilliant um, Hakeem's skills were. You know, um, to to the point where he just crumbled the MVP and reduced him to 23.8 points per game, roughly 24 points per game, and, you know, roughly 45% shooting. I mean, come on now. I mean, that just demoralized. And I don't think think that David Robinson truly recovered um, individually after that, at least least until Tim Duncan, um, uh, at least until years later when Tim Duncan came and, um, and carried him and the Spurs uh you know you know of course, of course of course carry him and uh, the spurs um to two championships you know but in terms of individ, individually um you know the thing is uh robinson hadn't fully you know hadn't fully recovered uh after you know because of that you know and so well, I'm, you know so of course you know of course the backtrack um uh, to back uh, of course the backtrack to, to the final series um against shaq um, in, that, in that series, in that series, team averaged thirty-three points per game, on fifty-three percent shooting, ten-point-three rebounds, and two-point-eight blocks. Um, in the playoffs, you know, and of course, and, 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 and the thing is, of course, of course, let me start over. Let me start Of course, those are his averages in the, in the playoffs themselves, but. When it came to his when it came to his head-to-head uh, series against Shaq, um, he, you know, certain, certainly when it, when it came to, when it came to his head-to-head series with Shaq, um, he definitely averaged more than thirty points per game um, in the finals. And so and so and so, and so because of, and so because of that, um, he was named the Finals MVP. So um, with that with that being said, the fact that I um, said the let me start over during this window when Jordan was out when the league was wide open for anybody to take over for anybody to become great hakeem saw that window and took advantage of it and when not only one but two championships you know and i know they're going to be de- there there have been detractors saying that um he only won because um you know you know the thing is um he only won because jordan was out but i certainly believe that if anybody else won those championships People have the same criticism of them as well. If Patrick Ewing did what he was supposed to do, um, you know, and, and win and those championships without Jordan being there, people had the same criticisms, criticisms of him. If David Robinson, you know, um won back to back championships, people had this had those same same criticism, criticisms of him as well. Charles Barkley, Carl Malone, you name it. If any of those guys did what a lot what Elijah Wan did, I'm pretty sure that they'll be they'll be hit with some of those same criticisms, but the, but the fact is they didn't do it. You know, Hakeem did it. Hakeem was the one that maximized that window, maximized those opportunities and made the most out of them. And because of that, you know, um, his legacy, um, was elevated because of that, you know, like I said, because of what he did during this time, it elevated his legacy and made him even more transcendent than ever before. Um, it, uh, you know, if, if anything, it it added to his legacy, added to his legend, made his legend grow even more, you know, um, and like I said, and for him to, you know, like and for him to outplay three of the greatest centers, not only of his time, but of all time is absolutely remarkable. You know, the fact that he outplayed three other top 75 players. Um, you know the, the fact that the fact that he the fact that he outplayed the fact that he outplayed three other uh, top seventy five centers. I mean that's the stuff of legend. And this might come off as a hot take, right? But um, there's a part of me that believes that if um, if the Rockets played against the Bulls in the finals, um, I think one will, will you know will find a way to walk out. Um, with at least one ring. Even if he didn't get, if, even if he did, even if he doesn't get two, the fact that I could see him getting away with one because of the fact that because, because of how Houston, um, has Chicago, has Chicago's number in the regular season all the time, you know, because, because of a mismatch at center, you know, and, um, you know, if, if you know, so, so I would say Jordan was Jordan would at least still get at least seven, um, if he didn't play baseball, you know, so, so I would say about seven to one. That's not bad, um, you know. So you know, what I mean, you know, So you know, I mean? so, so you know, so so, you know, so, so, so of course. Um, uh, later on, he would still um, make all star appearances, but injuries. let's you know, start over. Um, so later on, Hakeem would still uh, make all star appearances, but injuries uh, started to slow him down. Um, you know what I mean? And, and so on. So, you know, and of course he became more of the elder statesman and things like that, you know, so, I mean, so, so, so of course, um, you know, I mean, you know, the thing, he was, he was still, still putting up pretty solid numbers, but he was no longer um, the force, you know, like I say, you know, the, the force that, that he had been um, during his heyday. So I would say that Olajuwon's heyday, his best years were between like 1987 to, I would say, ninety five when he won his last championship. Um so he'll go on to um 1996, uh he'll win an Olympic gold medal. Um he'll also be named one of the fifty greatest players. Um he'll uh, if, if, of course eventually if, of course eventually um he'll he'll end up he'll end up reti- uh, end up ret- retiring um as a Houston Rockets all time leader in um you know in, in, you know all time leader um in most of their major categories including points rebounds blocks um i think steals as well i know i know he finished in the top 10 um in those major in those uh categories you know like i said points rebounds blocks and steals Uh, for a guy his size to retire um in the top 10 in steals that speaks volumes of um you know i say of, of of his greatness that speaks volumes of his defensive versatility you know um as great as Kevin Garnett was as, as a defender when it came to versatility Olajuwon was a grade above that like at least um a step above that you know um so um, in 2008 he eventually he eventually going go to the Hall of Fame inducted with Patrick Ewing, by the way which is funny um you know and, and if of if, 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 if course um during the 2021-22 season um he was also uh, named one you know named, named one of the top 75 players rightfully so you know um so his numbers read as this two time nba champion two time two time finals mvp uh, 1994 nba mvp two time defensive player of the year 93 and 94 12 time nba all-star six time all nba first team three time all all nba second team three time all nba third team uh five time all defensive first team four time all defensive second team olympic gold medalist in 1996. He finished with 26,946 points, 13,748 rebounds, 3,830 blocks, and 2,162 steals. And so I will say my top five Molajuwon um, seasons, number five, this is the 1986 uh, season. The reason why I say that was because, it was because that was his first finals appearance, average 23.5, 11. 11- Uh, 23.5 points per game, 11.5 rebounds, 3.4 blocks. And, um, and of course, uh, that's number five. And number four is the 1989-90 season, as I mentioned before, 24.3 points per game, 14 rebounds per game, 2.1 steals, 4.6 blocks. Um, And, and of course, at number three, I'll say the 1992-93 season, 26.1 points per game, 13 rebounds per game, 26.1 points per game, 13 rebounds per game, 3.5 assists per game, 4.2 blocks per game and that was the first defensive player of the year uh defense, defense player of the Defensive player of the year award um and number two i I'll say the 1994-95 season that back-to-back season 27.8 points per game 10.8 rebounds per game 3.5 assists 3.5 blocks like i said uh, back-to-back um, finals um, and of course number one the 1993-94 season flagship flagship year 20, 27.3 points per game 11.9 rebounds per game 3.6 assists per game 3.7 Uh, blocks per game, NBA champion, league MVP, finals MVP. You know, you have, so those are my top five Lajuan seasons. And that was my recap of an extraordinary, remarkable career as he goes on to celebrate his 60th birthday this weekend. So certainly all a dream, as Biggie would say. And and it was nothing but dreams and nightmares for his opponents. All right, so now um, in this segment, this is where I, this is where I give birthday shout shoutouts, um, as well as my word of wisdom. Um, of course, one of the other birthdays that that, um, that meant to meant to mention on January fourteenth, um, Apollo Creed himself, Mandalorian star, uh, you know, of course, Rocky, Mandalorian star, and um, all, of course also uh, the movie Predator, Carl Weathers, le- the the legendary Carl Weathers, turned seventy five on January fourteenth. On January 15th, of course, famously, um, was was the official birthday of the late great civil rights icon and world changer, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who would have turned 94. On January 15th, Shane McMahon, son of Vincent K. McMahon, turned 53. On January 16th, fame star, um, you know, of course, uh, of of course, uh, of course, a uh, dance um, choreographer, Debbie Allen, the legendary Debbie Allen, turned 73. On January 16th, you know, January January 16th, music legend uh, Sade turned 64. On that same day, the late, great Aliyah would have turned 44. On January 17th, the late, great icon Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time, would have turned 81. Betty White would have turned 101. Um, Of course, on uh, January 17th, of course, quite a few birthdays on this day. Um, of course future hall of famer three-time nba champion dwayne wade turned 41. Um, of course uh, of course uh, comedy comedy acting comedy acting legend uh jim carrey turned 61. the greatest voice uh, the greatest voice actor of all time james earl jones turned 92. greatest first lady of all time michelle obama turned 59. Uh, ray j turned 41. fox sports speak for yourself host joy joy taylor turned 36. Um, on January seventeenth, on Jan- January eighteenth, David Ruffin, greatest lead singer of the Temptations, would have turned eighty-two. W- WWE Hall of Famer, the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, turned sixty-nine. Future Hall of Famer, six-time world champion, and of course a movie superstar, Dave Batista turned fifty-four. Of course, on uh, of course on January twenty-first, Hakeem Olajuwon turned sixty. Before I go, I'd like to give a word of wisdom. Don't be satisfied with anything less than what God than what God wants for your life. You are victorious because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. When you put God in first place, you don't have to worry about being in last place. So make sure to listen to this podcast on, on Anchor, uh, of course, of course, uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere else that you download podcasts. And thank you very much for listening. And may this day be the very best day of your life.